Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. Have we gotten to this point where people wake up every morning looking for something to be offended about? I live in this place called the real world, and I understand what is going to happen. Her story is, I was trying to scare him away. At the same time, she shot him point blank in the face. Okay, that's not exactly a warning shot. The Accurate Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. Coming up next, Squirrel. And now, here's your host, Brian Noonan. What? What happened there, Kyle? Oh, my goodness, the big voice guy actually put me in the, uh, I don't have to uh, pretend anymore that I'm Jeff. Not that that's a bad thing to pretend to be, but uh, wow. And Christmas came a little late, my friend. Little, I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> that's all right. We've got <laughs> today and tomorrow, and we'll, you know, but I'll enjoy it. I appreciate that. Yes, it is Brian Noonan in for Jeff Wagner. Big show today. Always more fun when you are involved. The number, uh, the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line eight five five six one six one six twenty. You know that when you call in, you'll be talking to Kyle. If you're nice to him, you get to me. That's how we do it. Uh, we'll be recapping the Packers game at twelve thirty with Doug Russell. Man, oh man, it was. It was frustrating to watch the first half. It was uh, terrifying to watch the second half. And then, oh, a big sigh of relief. Thank you, Mason. Uh, Everything's fine. Mason Crosby is sealing it as time runs out and uh, the Packers move on. Number two seed, we'll get into all that. What does that mean? How is that going to play out? Does Does the late start in week two help the Pack? Does it give them a mental edge because they know where they're going to be? Doug will have all the answers. So we'll talk to him uh, about that because that is that is by far the biggest story around here today. I think this is this is the problem with I don't even know really what day it is because in the middle of the between Christmas and New Year's everything kinds of blend blends together. So I know it's Monday because I haven't seen Kyle in two days. That's how I judge the calendar, Kyle or no Kyle, uh, and I judge it uh, BC and or BK and AK. So before Kyle and after Kyle, that is how uh, that is how I'm going to keep up with it. Uh, another way to know it is Monday is because we survived another weekend of horrific acts of violence in this country. Are we to the point now where pretty much everywhere we go is going to have to be an armed encampment? Um, that's you heard it. You heard the stories. the The stabbing at the Hanukkah celebration in New York on Saturday night. Uh, five people stabbed. Then the shooting yesterday at the church in Texas, uh, three dead, including the gunman. Now, there's a lot of a lot of different ways to talk about this, and I don't want to get into a, a gun control issue uh, conversation because New York, there was not a gun involved. You know, we could say you could say, well, listen, in Texas, if those uh, security people and some of the other parishioners had not had guns, things could have been a lot worse. And I would have to agree with you. You know, I'm I've quite frankly been rethinking my stance on on some things because it's easy. This is this is the day when, you know, we're all full of thoughts and prayers. We're all asking a million questions. What do we do? Where do we go? What do we focus on? And in the end, we'll focus on nothing, just like normal. And this week, there'll be another incident of violence. And we'll all wring our hands. Oh, what should we do? How do we stop this? There's a lot of ways to stop it, but it's going to, it's going to take a long time. 
It's going to take people actually listening to each other and cooperating. It's going to take legislators to have backbones and determination to fund things that get a lot of lip service but don't really get funded, like mental health programs. And, you know, and then not justifying cuts to those programs, saying, well, they're, they're not really needed that much. Really? The guy in New York, long history of mental illness, according to uh, authorities. Most of these cases of this extreme violence, you can track it back to mental illness. Okay, well, let's not just pay lip service to that. Let's actually do something about it. Let's fund things. Is it going to change overnight? Absolutely not. But it's a step forward. Then I was listening to Wisconsin's Morning News this morning, and they had an expert on talking about how law enforcement needs to change its focus and how it has changed its focus from terrorist groups to lone attackers. Because now with the Internet, you don't need an entire organization in one spot. You just have one person who goes on the Internet, decides that they are going to start adhering to whatever doctrine is being spouted on whatever site they go to or whatever group they decide to follow, and then they're acting on their own. So law enforcement has... How do you, how do you protect against the lone gunman, for lack of a better term? The individual domestic terrorist. You know, we've spent all these years worrying about uh, terrorist groups and terrorist cells. Now we have to worry about the one person. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not in favor in any way of monitoring what people are doing on the Internet. That's free speech. I know certain things are flagged, certain activities. Um, I don't like that. I like that we should... I, I think we should be able to say and think and look at whatever we want to say and think and look at. But then the argument becomes, well, then how do we stop these people? I don't know. That's a, that's an answer for much more qualified people than me. But the thing we look, we have to look at today is, okay, this worked out well in Texas with people having uh, an armed security force. And the expert this morning was talking about having to increase that at all soft targets, whether it's churches or schools or sporting events or department stores. So at what point do we draw the line? At what point do we say, all right, we're going to give ourselves over to the the fact that everywhere we go is going to have armed security. And I'm not, uh, we'll leave aside the fact, you know, citizens in concealed carry. We'll just say every place has to have armed security, whether they're volunteers or they're paid for by the establishment or by us because somebody's got to pay for all this security help. At what point do you decide to just stay home? Because I, it, it gets to a point where I don't want to be feel like I'm surrounded by guns all the time. And this is not an anti-gun opinion. This is just me saying, I don't want to be at church. I don't want to be at school. I don't want to be at the Piggly Wiggly. I don't want to have to be everywhere I go, know that I need to be protected by people with guns just so I can go about my daily life. So is that the answer? Or where do we go? And what's your, what's your line? When do you decide, listen, it's just not worth leaving the house? And I know when we give into that, oh, then the terrorists win or the criminals win. When are they going to actually, when are we going to win? 
855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Got a few other questions, and we'll uh, we'll talk about this a little more. It's Brian Noonan for Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Brian Noonan in for Jeff. Jeff will be back on January 2nd, so I will be here through the end of the decade. Sounds ominous, and yet it is not. Um, funny that you play... Uh, play Blue Oyster Cult, Don't Fear the Reaper, when we're talking about all this violence and people never leaving the house. I know Kyle was as, as surprised as, uh, as I was. He didn't even realize. But that's okay. Um, the stabbing in New York, um, signaling more and more anti-Semitic crime. Uh, a lot of people saying that that's happening in New York. It's happening all over the country. The shooting in Texas at the church. Uh, three people dead, including the gunman. Another weekend of horrible violence in this country. And uh, now, you know, the conversation turns to again, all right, where, where do we go? What do we do? But I started thinking afterward, you know, they're, they're praising as they, as well they should. The volunteer security force in this Texas church, uh, because they were there, they were able to neutralize the gunman in six seconds. More people could have died. That's obvious. Um, so that worked and experts are saying, maybe this is what we need. We need more armed security everywhere at every soft target. I don't want to live like that. I don't want to go to church and have to have armed security. I don't want to go to the mall and have to have armed security because let's be honest, this is all this is doing. It may, in some cases it helps in other cases, it's just created an illusion of security. Because if somebody wants to do something, they're going to do it. Now, do we put, all right, in lieu of armed security, do we put metal detectors at places? But then you have to have somebody monitoring the metal detectors. Then you have to have every exit monitored. Where does it end? And how much are you willing to put up with it? I, you know, I know when we go into, uh, when you go into Lambo, when you go into any uh, big sporting event or any concert, they do the little, you know, you walk through a metal detector. They do the little uh, search of the ladies' purses or bags. Do you really, do you really, does that make you feel safer? Or have you started to, to immediately look for ways to either get out of somewhere or places that you can hide because if something goes down, you don't want to be involved. You, you don't want to be hurt, which, you know, who does? So how cautious are you? I tend I tend to look around when I go into a place. I'm always looking for the quickest way out. Now that doesn't uh, doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to find it. And thank God I haven't been involved in any sort of violent act and hopefully you have not either. But doesn't that make you does it make you just feel better and is that enough? I uh, got a text from the 815. Don't expect much change when we refuse to consider the negative sides of multiculturalism. See, that's that's just bad thinking right there. Because one, the shooter in Texas, white American. You know, the the I, I'm not sure of the ethnicity of the uh, the assailant in New York. I've seen pictures of him, but I don't want to just guess at his, his ethnicity. But we haven't found out. I haven't found out if he was not a citizen. So that doesn't work. And 
immig- we're not gonna, you know we could argue immigration over this but that doesn't help anything the fact is this country was built on being a melting pot and bringing all sorts of cultures here and blending them so for us to blame mixing of cultures in this country is irresponsible and it's lazy and it just makes you sound like you haven't thought things out there are a lot of much bigger much deeper issues that need to be looked at and unfortunately we've gotten to the point where we haven't really looked at them and i don't know what it's going to take every it seems every tragedy will we say well this is the one this is when we're going to decide that uh, now's the time to set things right Now's the time we look at mental health, or now's the time we look at increased budgets for law enforcement, or now's the time we look at guns and access to guns and who should have guns and, you know, how accessible should that. So now is the time. Until tomorrow when we're thinking about something else. And then the time will come next week and we'll do it again. And it just keeps going around and around. But I'm telling you, pretty soon, everywhere you go, you're going to see armed security, and then it's going to be too late. Because once it's there, we're never going to take it away. You're never going to say, oh, well, we're safe now. We don't need all this armed security or all these metal detectors. Because once you have it, you're going to say that this is why things are safe. Or this is why we feel safe, so we're never taking it away. All right. We see this all the time, too, and we'll get into this. A story came out that someone had written a disparaging message on a police officer's coffee cup. Well, that may or may not be true. I'll give you the update after this. Brian for Jeff, WTMJ. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. All right, there's a story came out of uh, Kansas that a uh, police officer had gone into a McDonald's and they had scrawled uh, something nasty on this police officer's cup. Well, the Kansas McDonald's owner is saying, that's not true. The video proves it. Uh, this is coming out of Junction City, Kansas. McDonald's, uh, they're receiving national attention after a Harrington police officer said he received coffee with foul language written on it. Uh, the owner says they have video showing that it wasn't their employee. Uh, according to the news station in Junction City, They got this message from the owner. Hey, my McDonald's have the utmost respect for all members of law enforcement and the military, and we were troubled by the accusation. We thoroughly reviewed our security video from every angle, which clearly shows the words were not written by one of our employees. We look forward to working with uh, Chief Hornaday as he continues his investigation. Um, I don't... it doesn't make sense for a police officer to do this himself unless he has a beef with somebody, no, no pun intended, uh, with somebody at McDonald's. But I don't know. Uh, the police chief then went to Facebook. When he found out, he said, the U.S. veteran that continues to serve deserves much more than this. We deal with enough frustration in our daily, in our daily duties every day. We have something like this to start off your workday while you're driving uh, to the place where you're going to serve its citizens is just very frustrating. So the police were at McDonald's all weekend looking at security tape. They couldn't find any evidence. Uh, on Sunday, the owner told them they found new video that proved it wasn't their employees. Um, they told the, the chief that they'd bring them the kip, clip, rather, but uh, then they canceled because the roads were very snowy. Uh, the police chief just wants answers. It, so do I, because these stories, these stories gain traction. They get out of hand, and it just it makes things 
seem more overblown than they really are. Are there people who have problems with the police? Yeah. Are they are they really working in customer service where they're going to risk their job to write uh, a disparaging message on a cup of coffee? I don't know. Some people are that dumb. They probably would, but I don't. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I'm surprised that McDonald's has that much video surveillance that they could see it from every angle. They could follow a cup of coffee from the pot to the person who's working there, handing it over to a customer, and see that nobody nobody could write anything. And it was, you know, it was the usual disparaging police comment. So I don't know. It's. Uh, but you know it's you know the problem Melissa it's the news media it's the it's the media that spreads these stories we pick them up and we just need everybody needs content we need to fill things so they go oh man let's get oh we're gonna boycott McDonald's now because they wrote something out of police officers cup well done maybe they didn't but then why would he do it then see that's I don't know it, it, there's they gotta find questions. a fall guy somewhere somebody and you know a minimum wage McDonald's employee is mm-hmm. pretty easy fall guy. Unfortunately, yeah. that's the way uh, that's the way things look. On the other side of the news, we are going to recap the Packers' victory. Woo! Uh, second seed in the NFC, you know that. First round by, you know that. But maybe there's things that Doug Russell knows that you don't know. He will share those with us. Here we go. Down on one knee, arm extended. Here's the snap. High snap. Placement made. Kick to the upright. It is good! It is good! Mason Crosby has done it! A dagger! And the Packers are into no worse than the number two seed in the NFC playoffs. And a week off, Green Bay is into the divisional round of the playoffs. It's Brian Noonan for Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Yes, the Packers did beat the Lions 23-20. It wasn't pretty. Things got done. Uh, everybody has thoughts. One man who has thoughts and things uh, to back them up. Actually, facts to back up his opinions. Doug Russell is here. You hear Doug host the opening drive before every Packers game. Now you get a bye week as well. I know. I was really looking forward to that. I was <laughs> well, like, please go in. Please go in. I need a week on, weekend off. I need a weekend off. So I'll take it. And now you've got it. Congratulations. Thanks for being here. Uh, to say this was a nail biter is uh, kind of an understatement. It looked it looked really bad in the first half, and then it comes down to a field goal. It shouldn't really have shouldn't have been that close. No, it shouldn't have. But Detroit plays their A game against the Packers for right. whatever reason. The strangest statistic, and I don't know if this has ever happened before. I'm sure somebody at Elias Sports Bureau does. But the Packers beat the Lions twice this year, right? Without having ever led in either game. At any point. For exactly zero seconds, the Packers led the Lions in both of their wins this year. Uh, the offense, again, now I, I know the Packers have do- had amazing comebacks all season. They're a big second-half team. Why is the first half so troublesome for the offense? This was as bad of a first half as the Packers have played. But again, they had a 14-point deficit at halftime the first time they played the Lions as well. So right. uh, they're... This has been a strange Packers season because there have been times where they have finished well. They finished well against the Giants. Certainly they finished well last week against the Vikings. They finished well in both games against Detroit. But there have been other games where they've hung on for dear life at the end of games against the Panthers, against the Redskins, against the Bears. So 13-3 and is still 13-3. and You're finding ways to win games. The offense, well, as... Matt LaFleur told Pam Oliver at halftime, the offense was sleepwalking through the first half. You can't do that. 
You can do that against bad teams. I was going to say you can't do that the rest of the playoffs because no. no. you're not going to you're not going to be able to keep repeating the second the second half heroics. These are these teams that you're going to be facing now are just too good. No, and look, the Packers have faced of all the playoff teams, they faced Philadelphia and they lost to Philadelphia. Right. They beat Minnesota twice, and then they got shellacked by San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Nobody else is a playoff team that the Packers, at least from the NFC, that they play. They play Kansas City as well, beat them without Patrick Mahomes, but not, n- nevertheless, um, as far as NFC teams. Philadelphia, that was just a poorly played game on their part. They didn't get the running game going at all. Um, and, and they're going to have to reintroduce Aaron Jones as a part of the offense in both halves. He wasn't a part of the offense the first half yesterday. He was a part of the offense in the second half, and he wound up with 100 yards. So use the Philadelphia game then as your guide there. Okay. Um, so, again, it, it's just been a strange, strange season. And you can't afford, to your point, sleepwalk through the first half of any of these games because the opponents get so much better. And we saw them when they tried to sleepwalk their way through the first half and the second half against <laughs> San Francisco on Sunday Night Football about a month ago. All right, so we look at this, and there's, granted, it's the it's the Lions. It's the last game. The you know they were playing for seeding, which they got. Um, Aaron Rodgers not very accurate in the first half. No, yesterday is that. Is that due to the situation? Is this something that Packer fans need to start to worry about more as the playoffs go on? I mean, yes, he's one of the greatest of all times. Thirty-six, though, things you know, he's admitted that his mobility is not what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Was yesterday just an aberration, or is this something that as the playoffs go on, we might see more and more? I think the number of throws downfield that was an aberration. We haven't seen that a lot, but he wasn't accurate on hardly any of them, right? Uh, he was accurate to Alan Lazard for the touchdown, which was a great pitch and catch. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't accurate on a number of throws that, you know, five years he would have made. Yeah. Father Time's still undefeated. Sure. I, oh, yeah. And I know that's a cliche, but it's true. And if the Packers think that Aaron Rodgers at 36 is the same Aaron Rodgers at 30 or 29, 28, he's not. No, they're delusional. <laughs> right. Well,. I all think, fans, I think there are, all I, fans are delusional. Yeah, I, I think all to a certain extent, all fans are delusional. <laughs> yes. But I think it, Packers fans are are kidding themselves if they don't think that there's number one that there has been a regression, and number two that there won't continue to be a regression. Guy's already playing with a gold jacket on. Sure, uh, you know the bust is already carved. He's got nothing to apologize for. <laughs> right. But the skills are starting to erode. And that's just fact. That's That happens to everybody. It, it's happened to Tom Brady this oh, year. Oh, yeah, definitely. So I saw a tweet from you this morning. And what's your Twitter handle for people to follow it's you? very difficult to find me. I am at Doug Russell. All right. that's that's. right. I'm going to write that down because it sounds like something I'm going to forget immediately. <laughs> but you tweeted that it might be good that the Packers get that late start on the second. The kickoff is 540, I believe. Yeah. Um, why do you why do you think that it might be a good a benefit? It's just a minor thing. Okay. And maybe it's just mental head games because they'll know well before kickoff whether or not if they win that game that they're going to be home or if they have to go on the road. They're right. going to know who their opponent is going to be. Sure. Uh if they win that game. So if the Vikings beat the Saints, then the Packers will play the winner of Sunday's game between the Seahawks and Eagles. If the Saints beat the Vikings, then the Packers will play New Orleans regardless of what happens between the Seahawks and the Eagles, but they'll know that right. and uh, so that's this week. But then right week following they'll know whether they have to go to san francisco or if they can prepare for another home game okay and that's i mean that that does help you, we, we, you i know. think just from a mental standpoint right. i just think from you, you always want to know 
what's in fr- in front of you as sure. soon as possible. Maybe it's a minor thing. Maybe it's just a you know something in the back of their heads. But there's just something knowing that okay, if we win this game, then we'll have whomever their right. opponent would be here, and it's you know Lambeau Field for a chance to go to the Super Bowl in Miami or. You know what? We win this game, we have to go to San Francisco. Right. And then that's for the Super Bowl. So yeah. Now, the NFL changes its seedings after every round, though. So after the wild card yeah. round this week, the, the seedings can all... Right. Do you want me to change. run through it again? Uh, yeah, if you want. Okay, so if the Vikings sure, beat... Sure, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> You're here, I'm here, let's do it. Uh, if the Vikings beat the Saints... Okay. And that game's coming up on Sunday. If the Vikings beat the Saints... The Packers play the winner of Sunday's game between the Seahawks and the Eagles. Okay. So if the Saints, though, beat the Vikings, because of the receding, the Packers will play New Orleans. That's regardless of what happens in the late game between the Seahawks and the Eagles. Okay. So right. he'll be a Is there, later. Are you, uh, are you leaning toward one opponent over another? I think they can beat the Eagles. I think okay. that's the one that, if you want somebody, I think you want Philadelphia, even though they lost to Philadelphia early this year. I think yeah. they can take something from that. And I think Matt LaFleur is a better play caller. I don't think that he's going to abandon the run like he did against the Eagles the first time these two teams met. I mean, Aaron Jones was a complete non-factor in their first game against Philadelphia. Knowing that, you know, the the three losses that they've had, it's been the same script. The running game was abandoned early. Okay. And even yesterday in the first half, the running game was pretty much non-existent right. in the first half as well. Matt LaFleur knows that. As a play caller, and this is only his second season as a play caller. Sure. After, so I think he's evolving as well. So knowing that if you get Aaron Jones involved, good things are going to happen, I think they match up better against Philadelphia than the other two teams. Okay. Now we focused a little bit on some of the, the problems, the things we worried about after yesterday's game. Looking at the team that was on the field yesterday and knowing the Packers as well as you do, what advantages are they bringing in? Or And did you see anything yesterday that you go, yeah, this is... This needs to continue in the playoffs for the Packers to be successful. Well, I think they've got playmakers. I think that we've all been waiting for that next receiver to step up, right? And I think that we've seen it in in, in incremental steps with Alan Lazard. And with that touchdown reception yesterday, I'm hoping that's the one that sparks him into okay. being that guy. He's a big body. He's got good hands, runs good routes, and Aaron Rodgers trusts him. Um so I think that's positive. Okay. Devontae Adams still the go-to guy. Sure. He hasn't lost anything. I like the way that Jimmy Graham came back. And I know that I was, and I've been brutal with Jimmy Graham really all season long. Okay. And I think that's deservedly well, so. Well, he owes you money, and there's, you know, there's history. <laughs> well, I get it. There's, there's some, there's, I'm sure he owes money to somebody. At least some fantasy <laughs> football owners probably think that he owes the money. But no, he came back after that, and he caught everything thrown his way, which right. I thought that that was a good response to that first play on offense the Packers had yesterday as a drop. So okay. I'm going to rip them all, give him credit uh, along the way as well. And the Packers' defense has been really, really good, especially in the second half. Zadarius Smith flipped a switch in the second half and, and came on and did what Zadarius Smith does. And Preston Smith... Uh, on the other side was was really effective as well, and Blake Martinez with the interception. So they did a lot of good things on defense in the second half. And Mason Crosby, who has been great all year, shakes off the Ford Field uh, jinx that you know, and the the ghosts of Ford Field that haunted him from last year. Yeah, he did miss the first one, so you're thinking, oh boy, here, <laughs> here we go again. But he knocked knocked home the uh, the game winner, and that's. At the end of the day, that's what you're going to be yeah, remembered exactly. for. Exactly, as the clock's ticking down, you need to hit that kick. Matt Lafleur, coach of the year. No, I think John Harbaugh's probably coach of the year. Okay. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I think Matt LaFleur's been he's done a great job. Right. 
Um, but you you look at the Ravens and and what they've been able to do. Oh my goodness gracious! What a, what an incredible what an incredible story. Good deal. So now you will be sleeping in this Sunday. No opening drive. Yeah, it'll be nice. That'll be very nice. And then but then you'll be back to work uh, double time in the next week as the uh, the Packers prepare for you the know, first playoff. But game. this is what we live for. We yes. live for the playoffs. Whether it's the Packers, Brewers, Bucks. Oh yeah. Uh, NCAA tournament when it's Marquette or Wisconsin. We live for this stuff. Yeah. So it just gets ratcheted up. So yeah, you're working twice as much, but it doesn't feel like it. Just goes like that well and whoever comes into into lambo is going to have uh you know quite the quite the challenge because i i have a feeling with the uh when the playoffs come and i know that's this is cliche too but everybody amps it up a little bit right i think everybody amps it up a lot and i it, you just have to go to like during the regular season the media scrum on wednesday yeah. is you know what it is it's all the local guys you know you, you see the the TV stations from Wausau and Eau Claire and everything. Now it's everybody. Now sure. it's oh, all yeah. the national networks, and ESPN brings in a crew of 12, <laughs> and you can't even move in the Packers locker room. But again, that's that's playoff football. Uh, we haven't seen this in a couple of years, so it's going to be fun. So do you have to have uh, any extra protective gear when you go up there during the playoffs that you may not uh, wear the rest of the year? Yes. Uh, it's called a parka. Okay. And, well, sure. uh, <laughs> Okay, sure. It is Green Bay, and yes. it is January. Right. So that's I mean, that's when you're the in there with the rest, of, when, when you're there with the rest of these sports journalists who have all been drinking coffee and eating Danish out in their vans. I'm a pretty look. Look at me. You're ready on. to go. I, yeah, I, you're I, an I'm, imposing character. I'm I'm ready to go, and I'm not getting any smaller. Perfect. So I'm not a shrinking violet. So I I can box out with the best of them. And what kind of uh, what can we expect programming wise the week leading up to uh, to the game? Is there going to be more? I know you'll be doing opening drive, of course. I'll be doing all the game. Yep, doing opening drive before the game and look uh we'll, we'll certainly be talking about it here on wtmj but also on our sister station 94.5 espn we'll be talking about it for the next couple of weeks as well Exciting. so we will have if you can't find it over here on WTMJ, just flip the dial over to 94.5 ESPN, and we will have a blanket covered for you because we're live and local from 7 a.m. until 8 p.m. every night. And you will be talking about it on here. You'll be talking about it there. You'll be tweeting about it at Doug Russell. Again, yeah. that's very complicated. Very, I don't know how very you, hard to find It's me. hard to find you. But I'm glad I did, and thank you for coming in. It's always a pleasure. We'll talk to you, uh, we'll talk to you soon. I know we'll be talking as the uh, as time gets closer. It's always fun, Brian. Thanks for having me in. No, my pleasure. All right, let's do this. Then there's more. It's WTMJ. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Jeff's not here. It's Brian Noonan. Jeff will be back on Thursday. Um, Melissa mentioned this quickly in the news, so I want to repeat this because we've all been following the story of uh, Jamie Hansen, the bartender who was killed in a hit-and-run crash the other day. Well, tonight at the Broad House, they're going to have about 50 guest bartenders uh, who are donating their time and bar dice talents. They're doing a big fundraiser. Uh, bartenders from across Milwaukee are going to be there. They're all working half-hour shifts from 5 p.m. to midnight. Um, they'll be doing bar dice challenges. I haven't had played bar dice in a while. My skills are probably rusty, so I should just go hand over some money because uh, that'll avoid the embarrassment of being beaten. All proceeds and tips of the Bar Dice Challenge go to the James Hansen Memorial Benefit. Uh, It's going to help her family with funeral costs. Additional money is going to be donated to the Hope House, which is a charity Hansen was passionate about. Lots of raffle prizes, silent auction items uh, are going to be there as well. A GoFundMe page has raised over seventeen thousand dollars prior to uh, the event, and you can the event has a uh, Facebook page, event page, so you can go there and find out all about that. So a good cause. Uh, 
an alarming amount of hit-and-run deaths in Milwaukee this year. I believe it was six, uh, which seems, I don't... I don't understand how the number gets that high. I don't know if it's a combination of speed and distracted driving and people just not being cognizant of where they are in their car and pedestrians not being always as alert as they should be. This is not obviously to blame the victims. It's a, you know, it ultimately comes down to if you're driving the car, you need to be aware of everything that's going on. And we've all seen so many incidents of people who aren't paying attention behind the wheel. And unfortunately, sometimes that leads to really horrible events. Sometimes it's minor. Sometimes you get away with it. And you get a near miss or something happens and you go, whew, I really need to pay attention more. And then all of a sudden, you're not paying attention. The other night we were driving and I was behind this car and they shifted la- or changed lanes really quickly. One of those where it's an abrupt change that makes you a little more alert. There was this giant buck standing on the on the side of like right at the curb, barely coming, just kind of standing there watching the traffic go by. And you know, it makes you remember. Listen, if I hadn't been paying attention, who knows? The, the, that thing might have just decided because was dear. Listen, I I think they're all depressed. Because let's be honest. They're just jumping out in traffic willy-nilly. They see the they see the headlights. They hear the cars coming. They're very you know their hearing is good. They're skittish. You can't you can't step out a stick without them running everywhere. But all of a sudden they're just standing on the side of the road, feeling all forlorn. Then they just leap. Leap into your path, I say. All right, so uh, if you're if you're around the broadhouse tonight, go in and uh help donate uh, help the cause for uh Jamie Hansen who was killed in the hit-and-run crash last week. All right, let's do this. Then we'll start wrapping things up for this hour on WTMJ. All right. cv and WTMJ Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ. I don't have time for this, Kyle. <laughs> we got content. No, we don't. I'm, I jumped the gun a little bit. I hear one second of dead air. It's that old, it's that radio mindset. I can't have any dead air. We got married, you got to run a tight board. You got to keep things real tight. Back when uh, we were spinning the discs, all the platters that matter. It's almost a new year, so of course all the health gurus are coming out telling you what to avoid to be healthier in 2020. They always take a look at uh, drinks, and it might not surprise you, but they say if you want to live longer, you should give up pop. That's right. Uh, A study which was uh, published in the uh, Journal of American Medicine found that men and women who drank two or more glasses per day of sugar, sweet, and soft drinks had a higher risk of dying from digestive disorders. So I know you're saying, well, then, Brian, I'm just going to drink Diet Pop. That's going to be better for me, right? (laughs) Ha ha! No. If you drink the same amount of diet drinks, you'll have a higher risk of dying from cardiovascular disease. So uh, pick your uh, fatal disease while you open up that uh, Coke or Pepsi or, as my wife does, the Diet Mountain Dew. She drinks that like it contains the cure. I don't quite understand uh, all the thing. But, of course, they're saying find different things to drink. Drink water. uh, Drink some seltzer. Drink other things. But uh, don't, don't drink pop, which... Every year we hear it, and yet people are buying pop like there's no tomorrow. On the side of the news, we we focus a lot on the negative, and I tend to do this a lot. Oh, this last year, there were so many bad things, so many horrible things, but there were a lot of really good things that happened in 2019. We'll talk about those, and I want to hear yours. What was your 
highlight of 2019. What do you think was good news instead of focusing on the bad news? We'll do that on the other side of the news, which comes up after this on WTMJ. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, here's your host, Brian Noonan. All right, 2019 is about to end. We are the penultimate day of 2019. I use that word just for you, Kyle, to show you that my vocabulary is uh, exceptional. Uh, I know one big word, That's and I try to use it as much as possible. But yes, 2019 coming to an end. Now, you could say this year was uh, great. A lot of people have problems with things that happened this year. All of us all of us have had things happen this year that weren't the best. We've seen things in the news that were not the best. But listen, sometimes you got to look at the bright side. If you want to do that, usually you don't hang around with me. But today, we're going to focus on this. There were some really good things that did happen in 2019. But... I want to know your opinion. What big story or what big event, or maybe even was a small event in your life? 855-616-1620. Give me the highlights of 2019. That's what I want to hear. We're going to focus on the positive for a few minutes. So the highlights of 2019. Now, I will tell you, I found this list uh, on CNN. There were a lot of They broke it down into all different categories. So we'll start, we'll start wide, and we'll come back. Uh, in the world, here are some of the good things that happened in 2019. The Indian Navy welcomed its first ever woman pilot, which seems strange that it took so long, but it did. People around the world united to save a two-year-old's life. Austria named its first female chancellor. Again, we talked about this the other day. Uh, President, former President Obama's comments that, uh, you know, if women were in charge, things would change for the better. Now, there were some science that says, well, uh, that could go either way, but for the most part, yes. Um, Macedonia was renamed, bringing an end to a decades-long dispute with Greece. That was a good thing that happened in the world. President Donald Trump made history as the first sitting U.S. leader to set foot in North Korea. However you feel about the president, that was that was a huge accomplishment. And hopefully somewhere down the road, it leads to good things uh, with North Korea. We didn't get a Christmas present, so I guess that's, you know, we'll take that as a start. Pope Francis became the first pontiff to visit an Arab Gulf state. So those are some of the good things that happened in the world. But what happened to you? 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Jeff is in Fox Point. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Brian. My favorite is um, a series of Wisconsin athletes doing really nice things for fans, such as Christian Yelich giving the girl a puppy and Giannis giving people his shoes at games. I think that's fantastic. Those see, and it's nice. It's nice, Jeff, and thank you for the call. That we can focus on those kind of good things. That's you know, is that an earth-shattering event? No, but it's a nice feel-good, especially for for guys and female athletes too. That people look up to for them to be able to do something like that is fantastic. So that's what we're talking about. Some of the good things that happened in 2019. Uh, let's go into the country as a whole, the U.S. The 116th Congress became the most diverse in U.S. history. I know that has bothered some people, but overall, you can't argue that that's a good thing. 
This country is made up of all different kinds of people, so why shouldn't our representatives reflect that? I don't think there's any reason not to, so that is great. Chicago elected its first African-American female mayor. Uh, Animal cruelty is now officially a federal felony. California is now the first state to offer health insurance to some undocumented immigrants. I know another controversial thing, but overall, for some people, very, very good. Montgomery, Alabama elected its first black mayor in 200 years. There's a, st- a sentence you probably never thought you would hear, and thankfully now you can. New York banned the so-called gay and trans panic defense. That's where you, oh, people who were uh, perpetrating hate crimes were using that. Oh, I got, I panicked because I didn't, you know, because uh, this person was not what I expected. And so I perpetrated a horrible crime on them. The White House ordered, ordered, honored, <laughs> Honored. I'm going, to, I'm going to read all the letters in the words from now on, Kyle. That's going to be my plan for 2020. I'm not just going to read certain syllables of the word. I'm going to try to read the whole world, the word. The White House honored a military dog for, ra- for a raid on an ISIS leader, and the Little Shell tribe became the newest Native American tribe to receive federal recognition. Those are some of the good things that happened in the U.S. Did you have anything good happen to you, Kyle? Was a big it was a big thing for Kyle this year, other than I getting mean, to work with me for five days. Besides getting like engaged, I, that's I, a, I, that's I, a good that's a bright spot. That was kind of well, the whole like I mean like eight months of the year was the workup sort of towards it. So sure, I, planning. I, I, I got to pick that. Getting now. Grandma on on board with and the next proposal. year's already booked. Now it's the wedding. Right, yeah. that's going to be a huge ordeal. <sighs> I mean, by ordeal I mean blessed event. <laughs> that's right. I, I'll stick with ordeal. But no, it's going to be it's going to be lovely. When is that happening? Uh, September 12th. Ooh, very nice. Yeah. Nice fall, crisp, uh, little fall crispness in the air. Well, we hope. Yeah. Yes, well, the... listen, at least it's not going to be snowing. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's true, that's, too. Yeah. That's very good. All right, uh, a couple more before we take the break. We'll look at, let's look at human rights. Some good things that happened in 2019 in the human rights area. Indonesia raised minimum age for brides to end child marriage. Yeah, it's about time again. Northern Ireland. Legalized same-sex marriage. It's it's amazing. Like in five years, people will look back and wonder what took so long for a lot of these things that we are we are highlighting now. Is hey, isn't this great progress? Which it is. But people in the future will look back and go, "What did it? Do? Why did it take them so long to figure out some of this stuff?" Iranian women were officially allowed to attend a soccer match for the first time in forty years. I don't know, is that a big win? You ever been to a soccer match? No, I'm, I'm teasing, of course. It, it, if, listen, if you're excluded from going to a soccer match, no matter how, whether you like soccer or not, it's wrong. So now, uh, now the ladies can go. We'll do a few more of these, but I want to hear from you. 855-616-1620. What was your bright spot of 2019? We'll get to all of those after this. It's Brian in for Jeff. 620 WTMJ. Back for more. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. <laughs> Twenty nineteen wasn't all bad, right? There had to be some good things that happened. Of course there were. Every year has the good and the bad. We tend to focus on the bad because that's what gets people all riled up. That's what gets you on the Twitter machine. Talking about all the bad stuff. 
But there's good stuff. What was the bright spot of 2019 for you? We're going through this list of uh, good things that happened in all different categories of the world and our country and the environment. Here's some good things that happened in the environment this year. And I know there's been a lot of talk about, you know, between climate change and restrictions being rolled back and worry about the environment. But there were some good things. More places are banning single-use plastics, you know, because the turtles are using the straws. Humpback whales recovered from near extinction in the South Atlantic. That is good news. NASA has said the planet is greener today than it was 20 years ago. A rare black leopard was spotted for the first time in nearly 100 years. And an albino panda was photographed in the wild for the first time. I have never seen a, never seen an albino panda. I guess because it was only photographed for the first time. I remember going seeing a panda for the first time when we went to the uh, Washington Zoo, the National Zoo, years ago, and how exciting that was. And then we saw one again in uh, San Diego. So getting to see those kind of animals is uh, is wonderful. Health and science. Some of the big things in health and science. Scientists. This is huge. Scientists may be able to spot Alzheimer's disease 16 years before symptoms begin. Huge. The World Health Organization stopped classifying transgender people as mentally ill. Another huge step. Malaria was eliminated from Algeria and Argentina. Two men may have been cured of HIV. And Karen Ullenbeck became the first woman to win a mathematics most prestigious prize. So a lot of health and science news that makes us happy. But what is happening that makes you happy? What did you think? Were the highlights? Jim is in Sussex. Hi, Jim. Welcome to WTMJ. Hi. Uh, just want to say that uh, number one, this is. Uh, I think this year, uh, women in Saudi Arabia are now allowed to legally drive. Oh yeah, that was. I think uh, that was this year. That is another huge story. Yeah, I've got a niece who's been married to a Saudi Arabian man for over thirty years, and she's lived there this entire time, and now she can actually drive herself around. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah, and then on a personal note, we got our first grandchild uh, just before Christmas this, uh, a few days ago. Well, congratulations. Yeah. So that is definitely I a highlight. Generation, I got another generation that I can teach to grow up to be as cool as me. <laughs> well, good luck with that, Jim. Uh, happy New Year and congratulations on the grandchild. Good for you. Uh, thank you very much. Take care. Jim is, uh, and I like the, Jim's modesty. He's He's cool. He knows it. He's going to tell everybody about it. I don't blame him. Uh, what happened in space? What were the good stories? The highlights of space. We got to see the world's first close-range image of the far side of the moon. And it didn't sound anything like Pink Floyd, which was very, very cool. The Antarctic ozone hole was the smallest on record since its discovery. Another good news. And NASA completed its first all-female astronaut spacewalk. Despite the fact that the first time they only had one suit that would fit. Remember that that big thing? Oh, well, we, we don't really. We have one lady suit. Uh, really, you're NASA. Yeah, we just have uh, one lady suit. But we'll make some more, and then we'll send the ladies out into space. Have you noticed a lot of these bright spots of 2019 revolved around women finally getting some rights in certain places where they had been denied rights for a long time? How about a couple sports highlights? Uh, big stories in sports: the Washington Nationals, of course, finally won a World Series title. NCAA athletes are now allowed to profit from their name, image, and likeness. It is about time. I don't know how you feel about that, but I think it's I, I think it was long overdue. These universities are making a fortune off their athletes. And I know I know people will say, well, 
Don't they get an education? Isn't that worth something? Sure, an education's worth something. But some of these athletes, you know, they only go to college so that they can go to the next level. Uh, and if a university anywhere else in the world, if somebody's making money off your name or your image, you're getting a cut of it except if you're a college athlete. So now that's going to change. LeBron James topped Michael Jordan on the NBA all-time scoring list. U.S. women's soccer claimed its fourth Women's World Cup title. Simone Biles became the most decorated gymnast in history. And Drew Brees broke the NFL record for all-time passing touchdowns. Some of the sports highlights from 2019. Uh, We'll finish up with entertainment. Aretha Franklin, you know who she is, Kyle? Yeah, singer. I don't know if you... Listen, she's the queen of soul, but I don't know. Oh, yeah. Kelly and I have a number of records from her. Records? Yeah, Kelly... Well, both of us collect a lot of records. Dude, vinyl? You're a vinyl guy? Oh, yeah. we. uh, That was our main thing that we asked for Christmas this year was like those big three... We call them three-by-threes, like those big storage units that... Yeah. Yeah, so we store our records in there. Oh, wow. We needed another three-by-three. It's nice to see vinyl coming back. I wish I still had my milk crate of records that I left in my mom's garage years ago, but... I unfortunately do not. Aretha Franklin became the first woman to win a Pulitzer Prize, uh, Pulitzer Special Award, rather, and citation. Pulitzer Special Award and citation. Sesame Street, besides turning 50, announced the launch of a new show to help refugee children. Missy Elliott became the first female hip-hop artist inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. That was big news when that happened. And the Queen, Britain's Queen Elizabeth II, published her first post on Instagram. And, ironically, she was making the duck face, which is very, very strange. All right, let's do this. And then, oh, my goodness, what happens when a celebrity goes on a dating site? Well, I'll tell you. It's Brian for Jeff, WTMJ. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. I've never been on a dating app. I will confess that right away. Mostly because when I was uh, single, they didn't have dating apps. We didn't have apps. We didn't know what that was. You went to a bar, you tried to meet somebody, or you placed a uh, a singles ad in the newspaper, like in the Pina Colada song. You know, if you like Pina Coladas, uh, you go to personal ads. But now, people are on all these dating apps, and uh, sometimes you'll be scrolling through, and maybe you come across a name that you know or a picture that you know, and you say, "Hey, is that really Sharon Stone?" We'll get to that. In a minute, but I want to go back. We were talking about the best things that happened to you in 2019. Big things, things that make you happy in 2019. And Carol uh, came in during the break. Uh, she's in Salem. Hi, Carol. Hello. So, what was the big? What was a good thing that happened to you in 2019? We moved back to Wisconsin after 37 years living other places. One one place, or were you bouncing around in all different places? We were in New York, and we were in Iowa. Ah, very nice. And what brought you back to Wisconsin? My husband retired, and there was no reason to live anywhere else. And I'm originally from Wisconsin, and we wanted to live close to our son and daughter-in-law who live on the north side of Chicago, but without living in Illinois. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that makes that makes perfect sense, that part. Uh, well, Carol, welcome back. Congratulations. And, uh, you know, that definitely is a highlight of uh, this past year, so good for you. Thank you. Take care. Uh, all right, we were talking about this dating app, a Bumble. I, I've heard of it because I know people who use these, but I've never seen it. But Sharon Stone has seen it. Yes, that's Sharon Stone. You know, basic instinct, cross a leg, the whole deal. 
Uh, she revealed that she was dumped from the dating site because other users reported her profile, not believing that it was really her. Yeah, who's going to be on a dating site and think that a movie star is on there too? Looking at the same, looking at the same profiles that you're looking at, going, oh man, I need to find somebody. Hey, look at that, Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone, sixty-one. Uh, she was, you know, Basic Instinct, Casino, a lot of movies. She was locked out of her account after other users claimed it was fake. So she tweeted, of course, when you can't get on one app, you got to go on another. She went on Twitter. Uh, she said, I went on the Bumble dating site and they closed my account. Some users reported that it couldn't possibly be me. Hey, Bumble uh, is being me exclusionary. Don't shut me out of the hive. Clever. Uh, so then, of course, Bumble gets wind of this and they... They have to jump in because you can't you can't ice Sharon Stone. She said there can only be one Queen Stone. Looks like our users thought you were too good to be true. We've made sure that you won't be blocked again. We hope that everyone in our community takes a sec to verify their profiles. Um, I don't know. This is the kind of man she she wants. She has a hard time finding men, which would explain, I guess, why she's on Bumble. Uh, she said I was. When asked about the kind of man she needed, I was just not that girl who was told a man uh, would define me. I was told that if I wanted to have a man in my life, it wouldn't be an arrangement. It would be an actual partnership, and those are hard to find. So now she's on a dating website trying to, <laughs> trying to find that. Good luck to her. I, would you, can you believe that? Well, I mean, some guy is going to get pretty lucky. Sharon Stone, if you found her on a... That, that'd be pretty amazing, right? I guess it would be, but I don't know. Does she have to, like, you send her a request? I don't know how Bumble works. If you, you know, if you I send have never a request used Bumble. Okay. I, I don't know. I think it's more for the female. Oh, so the ladies the are ladies making the choice. Pick. Correct. Oh. So, yeah. So, if some, okay. I mean, but you probably, because of dating sites the way they are, you probably would think that's actually not Sharon Stone. Of course. <laughs> I'm going to think it's a Russian it's, bot. Yeah, you know, some bot. Or some yeah. dude going, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's Stone. Yeah, no, that's uh, true. cross my legs. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to see that. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. I was going to clean my room until I got high. <laughs> I was going to get up and find the broom, but then I got high. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Must have been driving to uh, Illinois, Michigan, Iowa, pretty much everywhere else in the uh, area that you can, uh, starting Wednesday, get legal weed, uh, except for Wisconsin. What's going on, Wisconsin. Why is it uh, taking so long to get this done? And I'm not talking about just the recreational marijuana, which we'll get to in uh, the different uh, things. I'm talking about medical marijuana. What is the hold holdup for medical marijuana? Because at some point, it's not a morals thing. It's a compassion thing. And to say that we can't have medical marijuana for people who are suffering makes absolutely no sense when you figure that you know, opioids are prescribed nonstop, which are very... Very, very addictive, as we know, a huge opium crisis going on in this country, opiate crisis going on in this country. But Wisconsin, all by itself, cannot do it. Uh, starting Wednesday, right over the border in Illinois, recreational marijuana is going to be legal. What does that mean for you if you are, if you partake? Now, I am, I am new to all this because I do not partake, never have, uh, which got me labeled a square the other night. Somebody actually called me a square, Kyle. Now, that's a term I haven't heard since I was a, a young, young man. Uh, it was my brother 
who called me a square because I had never I had never smoked marijuana before or never smoked marijuana period uh and you know uh, he just thought that was the most bizarre thing in the world and then I made a couple jokes about people smoking marijuana you know old reefer madness kind of jokes and he said man you are really a square <laughs> okay that's fantastic I'm wondering if you're like me and you've never smoked marijuana before does it becoming legal change that for you? Is now that the stigma is going to be off of it, that cannabis will be legal, you'll be able to go into a place and you'll be able to buy some and, and smoke it at home if you're not in Wisconsin, of course. Uh, you go to a friend's house, smoke it, relax. Are you going to change your outlook on it? Is it something that you would, you'll say, well, now that they took the illegality away from me, I think that'll be that'll be great. So... We know that medical and recreational marijuana, not legal in Wisconsin. So, if you live near one of these states, or if you live close to the border, or you were planning to go to Chicago next weekend, and you're thinking, well, maybe we'll, maybe we'll pick some up. It'll be legal. What does that mean for you? But first, let's, uh, let's get to Chuck, because he wants to talk about uh, the medical marijuana thing. 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Hi, Chuck. Hi, how are you? I'm well, thanks. Uh, you know, talking, I've called politicians and stuff about, you know, trying to get medical marijuana in Wisconsin. Right. Uh, Robin Voss only wants it in pill form. So people that want to do just the oil or just smoke it, mm -hmm. they're still going to be illegal, if, even if they would pass it. Uh, then everybody talks about, you know, taxing medical marijuana. It's people a don't have to be taxed for their blood pressure medicine, why would you tax that? Exactly. It's but, it, The whole thing is ridiculous. Then they, then they talk research. I don't know what more research they need to do. <laughs> I mean, when you start, look, well, start looking at what California has done, what Colorado has done, what Michigan has done, I think it's pretty much all been kind of researched out that there should be a set plan for everything. Yes, and that's... It's either that or we're really, really slow. And Illinois has had medical marijuana for years, and they're you know they're making adjustments now that they're going to have recreational as well. But it just comes down to a point where all right, you have to start to wonder what's going on in Madison that that they're so hesitant. And you're right. How much research do you need to do? There's there's research coming out our ears about medical marijuana and for the people who who need it, and then. You know, you'll have, well, there's, you know, in California when it first started, everybody could get a card. Well, then you just, you find the doctors who are doing that, and you discipline them, but you make sure... Just like they've done with opioids. Right, exactly. So that that can be taken care of very easily. It's a, it's a weak argument. And I, I just, I know people who have been suffering who medical marijuana have helped, and that's why it always it always bothers me that it's... We're still you, we're still stuck on this. Exactly, and if you look up, there is a, actually the, the U.S. government owns a patent on medical cannabis for stroke victims. Yeah, I had a stroke last February that it would help me immensely. I don't do it because it is illegal, right? You know, but if I if I could do it, I would be doing it in a heartbeat. This stuff waking up every morning and feel like I'm I'm having panic attacks all the time. That's Jeez. exactly what it's for. Yeah, and it's so, 
And, and at that point, you're like, listen, the, the numbers have come out, and it's over, I believe it's over 80% of Wisconsin residents are in favor of medical marijuana. Well, if that's the case, think- then why aren't the representatives listening to the people they're supposed to represent? Call Senator Dewey Strobel. He's one of the big ones that's against it. All right, well, Chuck, I appreciate the call. Thanks very much. Uh, Let's say hi to Renee. She's in New Berlin. Hi, Renee. (laughs) Hi. I really wish they would legalize medical marijuana. I live with excruciating pain every day, and I used to be on more pain medication than I'm on right now, but... When the government stepped in, they had to cut me back. Mm -hmm. And so as I get older, the pain's getting worse. And, you know, maybe, just maybe, the medical marijuana might help me. Right. It's worth. It, it would be worth a shot, right? It's it's absolutely going to do a lot less damage to you than a lot of these other medications they're giving you. Uh, the the fact that you should be allowed to at least find out should be enough for people to for the representatives to decide. All right, listen, we got we got to change our thinking. We got to figure this out. Exactly, and you know, I I know there are people that are even worse pain than I am. And sometimes I wonder how much, but, um, you know, it, 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 at least, you know, you, when you're on pain meds, you have to constantly go in for kidney testing and liver testing to make sure they're not failing because that's a big side effect of pain medication when you're on strong ones like I am. Right. And, you know, the medical marijuana is not going to cause that to happen. No, it's not. Well, Renee, I hope I hope things change for your sake and the sake of a lot of other people. Have a great New Year. Thanks for calling. You too. Thank you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back, and I'll tell you exactly what it's going to mean for you if you decide that you're going to go into Illinois and get yourself a little recreational weed. We'll do that after this. It's WTMJ. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Perfect music to smoke a blunt. The Stones, recreational marijuana going to be legal in Illinois after Wednesday. So how can people buy that that lovely weed? Well, um, recreational marijuana dispensaries generally allow the purchase of marijuana without a prescription and are legal in 11 states. Buyers have to be 21 years old. However... Remember, this is the weirdest thing. Marijuana is still illegal on a federal level. So most banks will not allow credit card purchases, so you have to go with cash. But I was watching a report yesterday, and they said the the dispensaries in Chicago are going to have ATMs on site because they want to cut down on people coming to the dispensary with a lot of cash. That way there's less of a security risk like in the parking lot because you can, you know... If I'm a savvy criminal, which is an oxymoron, but uh, you just figure, hey, if I'm watching this parking lot, everybody who pulls in is probably going to have a lot of cash. Well, they're trying to make it so that you don't have to come in with a lot of cash. Wisconsin has legalized only CBD, which is the non-psychoactive component of cannabis. Uh, It can be infused into oils, foods, lotions, other products. They're sold in boutiques, bars, and restaurants. I know there's a number of beers that now have CBD in them. I don't know uh, what exactly it does, but 
They have to go to a dispensary. A dispensary is a place where people can purchase medicine, but now it has been co-opted by the place for the cannabis community. You can purchase both medical and recreational marijuana. Uh, there, I know they, they're going to have a lot of security, as you can imagine, going into one set of doors, then being cleared to go into another set of doors. Then there'll be uh, menus and all kinds of information to tell you all about the different strains and the different products. And there's going to be chairs and so Oh, it's going to be lovely. It's going to be like a coffee shop uh, for the cannabis crowd, which is exciting. Uh, medical marijuana dispensaries are already legal in 29 states. Again, Wisconsin, not one of them. 75 licenses are being issued the first year in Illinois for dispensaries. Uh, they're going to the 55 existing medical marijuana dispensaries, and uh, 30 of those dispensaries have received recreational marijuana licenses. Four of the first 30 uh, are within a half-hour drive from Wisconsin. Two are just south of Kenosha, one in Mundelein, one in Buffalo Grove. Two are south of Beloit, uh, both in Rockford. And then there's uh, two, four, six, seven in Chicago. So if you are planning a trip, that's where you can go. Now, cities in Illinois can opt out and say that they don't want marijuana, uh, recreational marijuana in their town. Some have already done that. Uh, Michigan has three recreational dispensaries that opened December 1st in Ann Arbor and a fourth in Morency. About 80% of Michigan municipalities have opted out of the recreational drug market, so that's a lot. Uh, but Muskegon is allowing uh, recreational marijuana, so if you want to take the ferry across the lake for a nice day trip... You ever taken the ferry across the lake? Me either. I, it's, I don't know how long it takes. I can't imagine. A couple hours, maybe? Uh, yeah, I have a friend that does it. It takes like three or four hours. Three or four hours to go across the lake. Yeah, it's a long way to get high. I'll drive down. All right, so what does it mean for us here in Wisconsin? Uh, you know no marijuana is legal in Wisconsin. Probably not going to be anytime soon. Marijuana purchase in surrounding states may not be brought back into Wisconsin. And I am going to guess just by the amount of uh, border activity by the county police uh, in Kenosha and other other uh, cities along the border, counties along the border, don't be don't be dumb. I think a couple years ago we were driving. Uh, my daughter was doing an internship in Los Angeles, and I flew out there to drive back with her. And we came from Colorado into Nebraska. Now, Colorado, of course, uh, recreational marijuana, medical marijuana, everything is legal. Nebraska, it was not. And, you know, we were driving down the interstate. You see all these dispensaries popped up there. And the minute we crossed into can uh, Nebraska, rather, the minute we crossed into Nebraska, oh, my goodness, there were a lot of cars that were pulled over and a lot of troopers going through people's cars. So I would imagine there's going to be a little bit more of that along the border. So don't be dumb. Just if you're going down there for that, go down there, enjoy it there, and when you're sober enough to drive, come back home. Um, so driving while high or under the influence is illegal in Wisconsin, as it is everywhere. According to the state police, we look for indicators of any controlled substance, uh, people could be lethargic or their speech may be impaired. Their fine motor skills may be delayed. And uh, what if what if I'm driving Kyle and he is wasted and I am sober? What can happen then? They said that's a gray area. The mere odor of marijuana is probable cause to search a vehicle. So do not break the law. Do not be stupid. If you are going to uh, if you're going to enjoy that kind of stuff and you want to head down 
uh, to Illinois or over to Iowa or to Michigan. Do it there, leave it there, and just be careful because you know there's going to be increased patrols. You know more people are going to be uh, looking for for this. You know, I'm hoping, and, and really, it's it's time to start talking to your legislators. If the if the numbers are true, and over eighty percent of Wisconsin residents are in favor of medical marijuana, there is absolutely no no reason for it not to be legal here. Uh, we'll take a quick break, and then when we oh no, we'll talk to Jeremy first since he uh, since uh, we're all done typing. That's good. Jeremy is in Racine. Hi, Jeremy. Hey, hi. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. So. When you get a person living in the state of Wisconsin, because the majority of employers in Wisconsin drug test for marijuana uh, right. as far as pre-employment and random, uh, if an individual travels to that state and partakes in, in recreational use, uh, how is that uh, going to pan out here in Wisconsin? Because they're not breaking any laws, per se, down in Illinois. Right. But you come back up to Wisconsin after a long vacation, company decides to do a random, you come up hot. Are they going to be terminating people? Or are they going to be sending them off to drug rehabs? It's going to be a curious thing how they're going to be able to adapt to it. Well, and I know that's an issue that uh, businesses in Illinois are starting to worry about too. Like, all right, you know, there's there's certain there's certain professions where there's zero tolerance anyway, and that's that's fine. Right, doesn't matter whether you know whatever. But now with it being legal, that's a struggle that a lot of companies on that side of the border are going through now too. It's like, all right, well. You know, if somebody goes home and has a drink, that's legal. And if they're not drunk at work, we can't, you know, nothing can happen. So if they if they get high over the weekend and then on Tuesday we do a test, well, I'm not, I, the, the amount of days that it stays in your system, it could still, like you said, could still come up. Well, it's legal. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. And then, like you said, if you're somewhere, if you're somewhere on vacation and you're doing something that's legal, how is it going to affect a worker here? We'll have to see how that all plays out. Right. Now, from what I hear in Colorado, they have, they have created a device, law enforcement, to do an on-spot check, kind of like a breathalyzer. Uh-huh. Um, so hopefully maybe that might actually move a little forward, and, and then if, if they do something like that, they can check to see whether or not an individual is under the influence at the time of an incident and or drug screen. Right. Well, they have to, and Jeremy, thank you for the call. There, there has to be some something to do because I know law enforcement is struggling with this as well. So, yes, we don't want we don't want people driving impaired on marijuana, just like we don't want them driving impaired on booze or anything else. So, there's got to be there's got to be something, and there's going to be there's going to be a period of adjustment, and law enforcement will figure it out, and employers are going to figure it out because it's it's here to stay. Nothing else we could do about it. Ah, uh, oh. I'm, I fear for us because the appliances are beginning to take over. I'll share after this WTMJ. All right, uh, we'll save the uh, the appliance story for a little later because we we were talking about how long THC, the, which is the uh, the chemical in marijuana, can stay in your system. Because a good point, our caller brought up a good point. Hey, if I go to Illinois. Uh, or if I go anywhere that recreational marijuana is legal and I'm there for the weekend and that's, uh, that's what I choose to do and I come back to work here in Wisconsin on Tuesday and they do a test and I come up positive, what's going to happen to me? Well, uh, that could be, that could be an issue because according to a couple of sites that I've looked at, the, the chemical THC can stay in the urine. You can, 
find it if you do a urine, blood, or hair sample for many days or even a week. Saliva tests only uh, can detect it for a couple hours. That's because of the way the body metabolizes THC. Um, so a study emphasized that detection windows vary and depending on how often a person smokes. For someone smoking marijuana for the first time, tests may detect it for about three days. For someone who smokes marijuana three or four times a week, the detection window is five to seven days. And for people who smoke marijuana once a day or more, tests may detect it in their system for 30 days or, or longer. So, you know... If you if you have a job that does random drug tests and you're a regular smoker, you're already you, you know you're already running that risk. If you're going on a vacation or you're going somewhere where it's legal and you're trying it for the first time or you you don't usually use it, you know three days to about a week maybe. Uh, and again, that's something that Wisconsin employers and Illinois employers and everybody else is going to have to start taking into effect and find out what's going on with uh, with all of that. All right, on the other side of the news, we're in an election year. Things are going to start ramping up. The convention is coming to Milwaukee this summer. Uh, some people are saying, listen, it's too hard to vote. Mm, well, we'll see if there's ways to make it easier to vote in Wisconsin. We'll do all that on the other side. The news is next on WTMJ. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, here's your host, Brian Noonan. I don't buy the excuse when people say, you know, it's too hard to vote. Voting's too hard. I've been voting. It's not, not that hard. Does it take a little while to try to figure out your your schedule? Sure. You know, they're saying big news today regarding voting because, uh, you know, in October, uh, people, a bunch of people, 270,000, 230,000 voters got letters saying, uh, letters from the Wisconsin Elections Commission saying that, oh, yeah, we're going to remove you from the voting rolls because uh, we think you moved or you're not there. You know, if you don't, uh, if you don't take care of it. You know, about 144,000 of you could be uh, taken off the rolls. Well, today they deadlocked over whether to remove those voters from the rolls. Uh, that means that the voters are not getting kicked off the the re- their registration is not being canceled for now. So uh, that was uh, that just happened this morning. All right, but b- back to voting. It's now. Do you vote, Kyle? Are you an American? Do you vote? You can just. You don't have to. If it's embarrassing, you don't have to. You don't have to answer. I don't mean to put you on the spot. I don't know. Some people. Some people are very proud that they don't vote, which I don't understand. Do no, I, no, I vote every time. All right, very good, very good. Uh, and I listen. I don't really care who you vote for. I mean, I do, but I never ask somebody who they vote for. I'm just happy that people go out and vote, because if you don't vote, then you don't have a right to complain. And I love to complain, so that's why I make sure I vote. I put my little sticker on, I take my selfie and post it on the gram, because if you don't post your I voted sticker on the gram, did you really vote? I mean, I don't, I haven't seen your, your selfie on Instagram. You're telling me you vote. I don't know for sure. I don't know if anything really happens if it's not on Instagram. But, uh, okay, people say it's too hard. What are we going to do? Uh, you know that uh, President Trump won Wisconsin by less than 23,000 votes. So matter, no matter what side you're on, we can see that every vote really is important. Every vote really does matter, despite what some people will say. Well, no, it doesn't. The electoral college, blah, blah. You still got to vote. 
Okay? And if you're whining that it's too hard, the only thing that's hard sometimes is figure out, do I want to go with the uh, the pokey ballot, where I stick it with a pin? Do I want to use it? Like last time I went, it was you had to color in the circle. And I was so paranoid because it says, don't color outside the circle. And I flashed back to kindergarten where my teacher wrote poor in red pen on my paper because I colored outside the lines. And I'm like, I don't want the, you know, the election commissions commissioners to write poor on my ballot and toss it aside because I went outside the lines. And I've never used the electronic ones. I don't trust them. I don't know why, but you know I have a thing with the machines taking over. I fear Skynet, so I'm not going to I'm not going to use the electronic machines. But anyway, there's some the journal uh, Sentinel had a few suggestions on how things could be easier. But do you believe that voting is too hard? <laughs> and if you do, why? What makes it so hard for you? And what do you think we could do to get a better turnout? What would make voting more convenient? 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Uh, there's a couple of these things. You know, while I don't think voting is too hard as it is, there's a couple things that we'll share that I th- think make they make sense. They're, they're all right. All right? Uh, the first one... Their first idea to make voting in Wisconsin a little easier is automatic voter registration. Um, all Americans, if, if we had this, automatic voter registration for all eligible Americans, it would add 50 million new voters to the rolls and improve accuracy and the security of elections, according to uh, the Center for Justice at New York University. Here's how it would work. So eligible voters give information to state agencies. That's right. Give more of your information to the state agencies. Uh, you do that already. You know, the DMV, you go get your driver's license, they have your information. Then you're automatically signed up to vote unless you ask not to be. Then the information is electronically transferred to election officials. 16 states, Illinois does this, Michigan does this, uh, the District of Columbia, they've adopted this approach. California and Oregon were the first ones to do it. Our results have been very good. Uh, a report published in April found that automatic voter registration markedly increases the number of voters being registered, with increases ranging from nine to ninety-four percent. Now, is that going to get? Is that going to translate into people going to the polls? No, but they're registered, so your your first step is taken care of. We've already we've already got them registered. Now, how are we going to do that? Well, we'll figure it out. Another way that we could uh, make voting a little easier is be wary of measures that restrict the vote. Some politicians have claimed that voter fraud is a problem. In reality, it has been microscopic, the amount of fraud. Uh, we heard a lot about that in in the last election, that there was a lot of voter fraud, but a comprehensive study in 2007 uh, found that it is more likely that an American will be struck by lightning than that he will impersonate another voter at the polls. That makes more sense. I mean, this isn't, the, you know, the 40s or, you know, some corrupt... The, the people aren't impersonating anybody. That's just tiny. To remedy this, 
Uh, voter ID laws have been passed, but they've been found disproportionate to disproportionately affect people of color and the elderly. Uh, their impact on turnout is not as clear. In an analysis a couple years ago, they found that only a small number of studies has employed suitable research design. So uh, Republicans tend to support those laws. Uh, Democrats obviously not so much. So, and we just uh, I just gave you the update on the Wisconsin situation with the. Uh, Voters being kicked off the registration rolls. We've got some more, but I want to hear from you. How do you think voting could be made easier for us here in Wisconsin? 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll get to some more of the suggestions from the Journal Sentinel and your suggestions on the other side. It's WTMJ. Back for more, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. We are talking about voting being too hard. Boo-hoo. Oh, i got to walk all the way to the polling place. And my last polling place was literally a block from my house. If I had not voted, I would have. there was no excuse. I couldn't have come up with any reason not to be able to walk a block to the park and wander in and vote. You know, my only complaint was sometimes I'd get there and there might be two people in front of me. Oh, it's so hard. I can't. How can I possibly wait? I need to vote right now. Before I forget who I'm voting for or what I'm voting for. And then I would see, you know, I would go in the afternoon. This is, I get very upset with us as a, as a group because we don't vote enough. I would get there in the, late in the afternoon to vote and I'd be number like 37. What? Only 36 people? The polls have been open since 6 a.m. And now it's 3.30 or 4 o'clock and I'm only the 37th person to vote? Stop it. 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Uh, voting needs to take the leap into technology, according to the 414. Use triple code authentication techniques and make it available on your phone or computer. Simple as that. That might work. From the 231, for me, it's very easy to vote. I stopped into the polling place. I'm there for five or ten minutes, in and out, no problem. Unfortunately, that is not the case for everybody. Some people wait in line for hours and travel many miles to get there. And I understand that. I understand. But if you look at other countries uh, where people will line up all day, it's tough. Now, this is one kind of a controversial idea, but it's one that I kind of I get. Because the excuse you'll hear from a lot of people is, you know, I, I'm at work early. I work my hours. I just can't get there. There's no way. You know, I work. I have to commute to my job, so I have to leave before the polls open. And then by the time I get home, the polls are closed. Okay. So the other another suggestion? Make Election Day a national holiday or move it to the weekend. I think moving it to the weekend is key, not the national holiday, because, you know, that's there's a lot of things going on that people aren't, aren't going to want to have to have another holiday. But if you have it on Saturday, most people most people can find time on a Saturday after your kid's soccer game or before you go to gymnastics or before you have that third beer. You can go and vote on a Saturday. Uh, turnout during the 2018 midterms was higher than normal in Wisconsin. Uh, not always the case nationwide. The U.S. has some of the lowest voter turnout in the industrialized world, which we know... Uh, so we can lead, follow the lead of other modern democracies and make Election Day a holiday or move it to the weekend so that people aren't forced to squeeze voting into their workday schedules. 
The National Commission on Election Reform uh, recommended this idea to President George W. Bush, uh, who had just beaten Al Gore. We remember the recommendations of the commission uh, were endorsed by Bush, but then abandoned by Congress. So we have been voting the same. The first Tuesday after the first Monday of November since it became law in 1845, the idea then was to help farmers get to the polls without interfering with the Sabbath or market day, which was traditionally on Wednesdays. Having election day a national holiday or moving it to the weekend would make a difference in turnout. We don't know for sure, but the flexibility of early voting uh, is why people are saying we don't need to do this. You can early vote. Uh, there's a lot of ways to do it without changing it. I wouldn't mind making voting day on a Saturday, first Saturday in November. That would be fine. Before the holidays, after Halloween, sounds good to me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people who vote early. So really, at this point, there's no excuse other than laziness. But if if we really need to make some changes, okay, we can make some changes. Uh, make it easier for people convicted of crimes to vote after serving their sentences. Voting rights in Wisconsin are not restored for felons until their sentence is completed, including, including prison, extended supervision, probation, and parole. Other states restore voting rights earlier in the process. Uh, make sure polling places have enough poll workers and voting machines. Listen, we're always going to have to wait in line for something. I don't, I don't know why everybody is so, everybody is so, rushed all the time i mean we all have things to do kyle's busy he's already halfway out the door his car's running and we still have 35 minutes of the show to do but we're all we're all in a rush but yes if you if you know your precinct is busy and historically has gotten a lot of voters put a couple extra machines in there have a couple more judges in there do all that make sure polling places are accessible for people with disabilities i think for the most part that happens uh, I can't. I can't imagine in this day and age having a polling place that is not accessible. If the, if you've run across that, let me know. But I I don't. Uh, I can't imagine again that being that being the case. Uh, from the four one four, voter fraud happens in counting votes, satchels of missing bags of votes, and digital fraud in twenty twelve. It was proven against Ron Paulin in twenty sixteen with Bernie. Uh, let's see, from uh, another number in the 414, make voting Tuesday a national holiday. So going with one of the suggestions, 855-616-1620, what do you think about this? We will wrap it up after this, 620 WTMJ. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. We were talking about ways that Wisconsin could make voting easier because that's one of the complaints. That's why people say they don't vote. Texter from the 630, I've been an election judge for 16 years, and it's rare, all in caps, to see voters under the age of 40. Maybe they early vote, but total voter turnout doesn't reflect that. We had 30% turnout of registered voters for the midterms, and many citizens don't bother to register. That's why we're trying to figure out ways that we could make it easier. There was a nice piece in the Journal Sentinel. Um, another way is they said to take registration to the people. In the past, the uh, Milwaukee Election Commission has opened voter registration kiosks around town, uh, including at the library and uh, the health department. It also included registration information in water bills and provided materials to nonpartisan groups. You've got to get them registered, but then you have to figure out a way to vote. And the uh, final one we'll get to, maybe. Uh, true early voting in Wisconsin. 
Voters would be allowed to insert a ballot directly into a tabulator instead of the ballot being held for processing on Election Day, as it is now. In-person absentee voting is costly uh, and allows voters to submit ballots with errors, thereby losing their votes. Uh, but, you know, good early voting does help. I don't know. Again, I I understand people have busy schedules, but I don't buy that uh, it's too hard. We just have... We can register all the people we want. What's going to get you to the polls? Young people feel uh, isolated. They don't feel like their vote counts. They don't. They don't feel like they're involved. So they're not voting, which is a mistake. And uh, you know, you gotta you gotta get everybody out there. But if you need it easier, we'll figure it out. You want to make it a holiday? You want to vote on Saturday? What would you rather, Melissa? Would you rather have a voting day a national holiday, or would you rather vote on the weekends? If we were going to change it from the way it is now. I would say, I mean, a national holiday would be nice. Hey, another day off. Right, another great. day off. I mean, <laughs> who, who, yes. It's who doesn't want a day vote, off, right? Unless... I would say, yeah, why not? But that, that's, that's perfect if you could guarantee that you had to vote. Like if your boss says, all mm-hmm. right, you've got the day off, you got to vote. If you don't bring in the sticker, you get docked a day's pay. I don't know, mm-hmm. but they couldn't do that. They right, can't, right. They can't do that. So, yeah, we'll give people a day off. That doesn't that doesn't ensure the fact that ideally we're going to get that more sounds people. nice. Yes, but... <laughs> it does. In, in reality, it's not going to work. I think Saturday would be better. You know, I think because then you don't have any excuse. Most people are off on Saturday. That's the way it goes. Uh, other than that, we'll see. All right, a lot to get to in the final half hour, including oh, you know, I love the machines, Kyle. Now, now another machine is peeping in on you. We'll talk about that. Uh, a list came out with one of the best places to celebrate, or the best place they claim to celebrate New Year's Eve in Wisconsin, and it was not here in Milwaukee. Where was it? Mm, lots to get to. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Oh my goodness, it's Brian Noonan in for Jeff. Jeff will be back with you on Thursday at noon. So I am here through the end of the year. Tomorrow we'll talk. We'll talk. We'll wrap things up for 2019. But today we're wrapping things up here. Uh, smart devices, dumb, dumb choice. I'm finding more and more that I do not. And listen, I am not a luddite by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not one of these guys who hates technology. I enjoy technology. I use technology all the time. I'm wrestling with a computer as we speak. But there's certain things that I just don't trust, and I. Maybe it makes me, you could say I'm paranoid, you could say I'm old-fashioned, but more and more, as we allow these things into our homes, we're finding that they are providing gateways for ne'er-do-wells, which, that, that word right there proves that I am an old, old-timer. This, you call somebody a ne'er-do-well. Another smart camera maker, you know, uh, Ring and all those, all these, you put these cameras in your house so you can watch them from wherever you are. Well... Uh, Wise is another maker of these cameras. They make more budget-friendly cameras. Wise Labs, they make smart cameras uh, and connected home gadgets. They had another. They they confirmed that databases holding millions of customers' information were exposed to the public. Again, we're giving uh, we're giving too much. The first data leak exposed customer email addresses as well as the email addresses of those people who were given permission to view the camera feeds. It doesn't sound like anything bad can happen there, does it? Somebody gets your email address, they sign on in, they're watching your camera, they see what you're doing in your home, they see what uh, you know your children are doing. It all sounds fine. 
No need to worry here, folks. Keep moving. A list of cameras in customers' homes and tokens used to connect to smartphones and personal assistants such as Alexa were also left open for public view. Do you have one of those uh, Alexas or Echoes or anything? We <laughs> we oh. made the mistake of asking for one last uh, oh, last no. Christmas, and uh, we were given two. Uh, and then we were also given one of those little Google things. Yes, yeah. yeah, one of the smaller mini ones. But we got we have four. We have two. We have two of the Googles, two of the Alexas. Oh no! What are you doing? Why uh, don't you just leave your doors uh, and windows uh, open too? <laughs> losing control, obviously. Oh my! My wife wanted to get one this year. She, uh, one of those little ones, the little Google jobbers. And uh, rarely in the twenty-eight years we've been married, uh, probably on one hand, the the amount of times where I literally use the. I'm putting my foot down mentality. I was like, there is absolutely no way one of those things is coming in my house. Not a chance. Because uh, it's only listening when you talk to it. No, it's not. And again, call me paranoid all you want. But there's been, it's been proven. These things are listening. They're recording. I know I have a smart... My daughter said, well, you, you have a smart TV. Uh, yeah, I guess. I have a smart TV. But I'm also one of those guys who has a little thing over my... Uh, webcam on my computer little one of those little slidey jobbers i don't know what they're gonna see my big dumb face sitting at a computer you know Ooh, let's hack into that see what he's up to it is every once in a while where kaylee and i will be talking and then in just some other room one of the speakers will go off thinking that i might have heard something and it's like oh you need me or or i don't that wasn't even the case where it's like I'm just going to jump in and right. say, you know, I'm more than you some olives or something. Yeah, you just haven't talked to stuff. me in a while. I haven't, uh, mm-hmm. I need to take over. You remember I'm here, don't you, Kyle? Yeah, yes, Alexa, I remember you're here. Then talk to me, Kyle. Give me instructions. Let me make your life better and easier. Oh, I know what you were saying when your fiance wasn't home. That wasn't very nice. Oh, no. Don't make me tell on you, Kyle. It's, it's, I know it sounds like, I know it sounds like science fiction. Uh, all the new TVs have a camera in front of them too, according to the two six two. I don't know if mine does. I have to. I'm, I'm sure it does. I'm sure it's looking at me. Is that true? I've never I even don't heard of so. that once. I've heard. I've heard there are some smart TVs that uh, there was. I forget what brand, so I'm not going to say a brand, but that was able to watch that they were. Yes, they had hacked in and they were, they were watching you through your TV. I don't want to go back to living in a cave. I like my smart TV. You know, I like being able to just, with my remote, go to Netflix or whatever. I, I enjoy that. I like the computer. I'm drawing the line, though. And I know, before before people start yelling at me, I understand that our data is out there anyway. But why bring it? why bring it back in, especially when they haven't figured out the security on some of these things? For this uh, Wise Labs cameras, the breach was disclosed on December 26th. It was open. The breach was, the database was exposed from December 4th to December 26th. Uh, as part of the response to the original data leak, Wise logged out their customers and required them to log in again uh, to create new tokens. Wise was a company that was started by three former Amazon employees. The cameras, some of their cameras cost as little as 20 bucks, which makes them very appealing to a lot of people. Uh, it's one of the reasons CNN Business listed it as one of the top tech gifts this year. 
Uh, smart home devo- devices, such as cameras, become more common. A growing number of hackers have sought to access them. Uh, you remember earlier, Ring this month, four families said that hackers had accessed their system, and in one of them, an eight-year-old girl was being talked to by some guy who was pretending he was Santa. Okay, uh, again, it, 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 we don't have to we don't have to panic, but I just think sometimes we're too smart for our own good. And I think that's what happens. Got a text from Renee. I agree with you 100%. I will not allow one of those things in my house either. And on my computer, I have a piece of tape covering the eye of the camera uh, that I will not allow to be open. I think those things are bad news. Yeah, Renee's going old school with the uh, with the tape. I got my I got my little slidey thing. I think from the Better Business Bureau. And uh, oh, now it looks professional. You know, it sticks on there. I could open it up if I want to, but I don't want to. I got nobody. I'm not I'm not chatting. With anybody on my uh, on my computer, I'm not taking pictures of myself. That's what my phone is for. Uh, from the two six two, I have a new Roku TV, and it has a camera in the plastic border, and I put electric tape over it. You know what I'm doing first thing when I get home now. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be inspecting my TV like a you know like a crime scene analyst, trying to see if there's a camera on there. Not that I do anything weird when I'm watching TV. I just you know. I often slouch, and that's not the most flattering position for me. So I, I don't want anybody watching me when I'm not uh, doing good. I don't know. Then there was this story about another smart device that went crazy. I don't know if you heard heard this one. A couple actually called 911 thinking there was intruder an intruder in their house, but there was no intruder in their house. You know who was in their house? Their robot vacuum cleaner. That's right. So the police came because the couple calls 911. They hear loud noises downstairs. Things are banging. They're like, oh, my God, there must be an intruder in the house. We called 911. They hid in their closet. Deputies arrive. They come in. All they found was the robotic vacuum. Now, it wasn't a Roomba. It was a Eufy robotic vacuum. I only knew Roomba. Uh, The vacuum had somehow turned itself on, got stuck, and began banging into a wall. Yes, the vacuum became self-aware. Your carpet is dirty, Bob. It's time for me to vacuum. No, it's the middle of the night. The couple says, of course, they're embarrassed about what happened, but also thankful that it wasn't a real intruder. Well, (laughs) what are you going to say? You know what? I wish it had been an intruder. That would have been great. No, of course you're going to be embarrassed. Um, Look, boy, the 262 is freaking me out. Texting in, look hard. The camera is the diameter of a pinhead. You know what this means, Kyle? No more TV at my house. I'm unplugging it. I'm gonna. I'm going to start counting on a town crier to give me all my information. Now, if I'm listening, what if I if I'm listening to the radio? I should be okay. On an old transistor radio, not one of these new smart radios. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get one of those crank up storm radios that people have, just in case there's no power. That way, I don't think that can be hacked into. But anyway, the robot, uh, the robot vacuum. Uh. They named it Harry. They had only had it for a couple days when it decided it was going to take over on its own. So, I don't know. I just... Now my, you know, this year we didn't get much tech, any technology, really, during the holidays. My daughter got an iPad and one of those pens, which, you know, that's all fine. And I know, see, I use my phone, so I know people are listening on the phone. I know I know things are being, uh, things are being watched. So maybe I'm making, maybe I'm making an erroneous stand. Maybe maybe this is not the where I should build my wall of and uh, take my stand, but 
there's just certain things that I don't want in. I don't, I don't want something actively listening to me in the house. You know, if my TV's not on, I'm guessing the camera doesn't work, but I'm going to look into that too. But this, these, uh, these digital assistants are always listening, actively listening. All right. Do what you want, but, you know, not for me. Foot's down. I don't know how you're doing it with four. How much information, how much, how much digital assistance do you need? Well, so what we actually use it for is, uh, uh, Spotify. So, okay. when, so when we're playing music throughout the house, which oh. now we're, we've noticed that it's not the best for it, uh, because like if you use it as like a Bluetooth speaker, per, okay. like say, you could use it sure. that way. I like that. Yeah, the, the, it disconnects. I, our, our cats. Of course, have, it does because it's mad. You're not using it to its full potential. Our cats have knocked them down from fridges. They they have they have multiple concussion like symptoms. I like your cats. And, I'm ready for trying to destroy them. <laughs> Go ahead. But uh, well, I think we're gonna we gotta upgrade to what's called a Sonos. And those are like the specifically made for like a Wi-Fi music speaker. You can have Alexa installed into it, where all it does is basically use. Access Spotify for you, and that's okay. it. You don't use it. For, I like that. That's you don't fine. use it for weather. You don't use it for shopping or adding okay. things to lists or anything. Plotting murders, anything else that can. It's be all. To. It's all music. Yeah. See, I like that. That sounds good. I like because we have a we have like a little wireless Bluetooth speaker, but that's all it's for. You know, so that we can be out on the deck and my phone can be plugged in in the kitchen. That that's fine. There's not what you know. Ooh, this guy likes yacht rock. What kind of adventure? I don't care if you have that data. Sure, I love Christopher Cross. Sue me. Hack into it. I don't care. Um, but, I don't know. Um, yeah, any voice-activated features usually come with a camera. Two-bedroom two apartment, four, four smart I wanted to figures. ask how big, how big an estate you live in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because I may switch to that side of the glass if uh, producing allows you to have a wing that you need, uh, you right. need four separate speakers to go, uh, you know, I don't live... Uh, I, I have you know just a, a small house. I I can pretty much hear things all over if I turn it up loud enough. Yeah, it's it's cartoonish the amount of. Uh, it's hilarious though because now there's no intimate detail of your life that is unknown to. Uh, to oh yeah, cloud. there there is no hiding nothing. And you know, I, not to embarrass you, but there's personal moments that something is actively listening to, and I'm not talking about the cats. All right, let's do this. Then, uh oh. Could this be the best place to celebrate New Year's Eve in Wisconsin? It's not here. Where is it? And where are you celebrating New Year's Eve? We'll do that after this. Brian for Jeff, 620 WTMJ. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Jeff will be back with you on Thursday. Brian Noonan here now. Uh... The Active Times published a big list of the best place to celebrate New Year's Eve in all 50 states. I'm going to ask Kyle, just give me a city. Where do you think the city is in Wisconsin where they said the best New Year's Eve celebration is? Hmm. I give you a city? Give me a city in Wisconsin. Where do you think it might be? Oh, I have boy. the answer, so you'd, it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. I would say maybe it's got to be like a uh, somewhere near like Ar- Arbor Vita, Manaqua. Wow. No. no. <laughs> it's a nice place. <laughs> I'm sure it is. I don't know what big uh, New Year's Eve activities they have. I'm sure there's a lot going on here in Milwaukee and in the surrounding areas, and I'd love to hear uh, hear what you're up to, but... The biggest and brightest spot to spend New Year's Eve in Wisconsin, according to this, Skyrocker's New Year's Eve fireworks at the Bluff in La Crosse. Wow, okay. Yeah, see? 
Huh. You, you didn't even go to lacrosse. That, I've never even been to lacrosse once. You've never been to lacrosse? No, no. Oh, my goodness. No, I think the southern, southwest part of the state is the only part of the state that I've never really been Oh, in. there's a lot going on in the rest of the state. Here's beautiful, the Driftless area. Mm. Yes, it's very nice. You know, lacrosse is, uh, lacrosse is nice. But fireworks? Well, according to this, uh, Skyrocker's New Year's Eve fireworks plans to celebrate its 90th year. So you've been missing out for a while. Uh, 90 years of New Year's fireworks, two shows, one at 6 and another at midnight. Ice fishers, skiers, and sledders on the Granddad Bluff pause and take a brilliant, take in the brilliant lights across the midnight sky over the Mississippi Valley. So maybe you don't have anything, uh, anything to do. Maybe you head up to lacrosse. Get yourself some lining kugels. That's where it comes from, lacrosse, right? No. Chippewa Falls. That's Chippewa Falls. What's in lacrosse? Which one's in lacrosse? Uh, I don't remember. What's in, uh, where was Old Style? Was, uh... Old Style came from Chicago. No, no, no. Uh, it was brewed, it was brewed north. I think it's lacrosse. Yeah, I think lacrosse. I don't remember. Uh, all I remember was back in the day, uh, when they, when it was brewed up there, you would, uh, go in there, the, at the brewery, they had a giant six pack. The, all the processing, all the grain and stuff was in outside, and they painted all the silos into a giant six-pack. It was fantastic. I uh, got a text. My New Year's Eve plans consist of going nowhere near the happening spots, staying in my apartment to avoid the amateur drinkers and other nonsense, playing video games and eating pickles. Yeah, unique. Unique New Year's Eve experience. Not too far off from mine except for the pickles and the video games, but I, I plan on being home tomorrow night after I'm here with you, Kyle. Uh, we'll start New Year's Eve off together, and then you'll jet off to your uh, apartment where every, your every move will be monitored by technology. I will go back to my cave where there will be no technology because I'm throwing the TV out as soon as I get home. And uh, I think to, because for years I was a stand-up, and so for years I was what I would, people would come to see. I would be doing shows on New Year's Eve, so I was always working New Year's Eve, and then. Uh, it got to a point where when our daughter was younger, uh, in high school and stuff, she wanted to have friends over. So we would have kids over at the house, which was nice, and we would just sit upstairs and do whatever. Um, and now that she's gone, we still are like, eh, eh. For a while, you try to you know go out to dinner for New Year's Eve, but everywhere's crowded, and uh, the places have limited menus, and they jack up the prices. So you're like, this is ridiculous. So we just started getting sushi and sitting at home, and watching movies, and if uh, if my wife makes it to 10 o'clock without falling asleep, that's a big New Year's Eve. I usually uh, ring in the New Year with the dogs, sitting there, the dogs and I ring it in. Uh, we curse technology, and then we move on to a, to a New Year. We don't curse technology. But yes, usually it's by midnight at my house, it's usually the dogs and I. So that's that's exciting. What are you, what are you doing tomorrow? Uh, so, uh, for those that don't know, I got a side gig at Lakefront Brewery. I, I, I work there, so almost is that all, right? Yeah, um, we need to talk. Yeah, so I, I give tours there. Uh, but a good friend of mine, um, one of the managers there, has a house on the south side of town. Okay, kind of an older house that has the bar built in to the basement. Like, nice. you know, it has the huge bar and everything. And so we always go there and. And hang out and sort of ring in the new year. That sounds um, fun. Yeah, it should be fun. We're going to hang out, drink some wine, and, and hang out in the basement and play some games. I like that it. guys from the brewery are going to drink some wine. I like yeah. how you mix it up there. Well, we got we got the beer, too, <laughs> of course. But, I mean, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I understand completely. So, yeah, hang out there. Take things easier. Once we ring in the new year, by like 1210, we're like, let's get get the heck out of here. Let's go home. So. Ready to go. All right, let's do this. Then uh, I know what Eric Bilstead's going to be doing for New Year's Eve, following the news, as he will be doing next on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. We'll get to that after this, WTMJ.